Warning, wrestling POV Global is not suitable for all ages. Viewer discretion is advised. This is Bruce Hart. You're listening to WPOV Wrestling. Wrestling POV Global Black and Yellow Brand. It's your point of view on the global stand. From north to south to east to west, they got you covered like a blanket, but I digress from elite to elite to the hot topic. AEW Impact New Japan, they got it. Have you laughing so hard? Have your belly aching? Hurt any different? I'm sure you're mistaken. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. <laughs> I'm your effervescent <laughs> co-host, the legend TJ's Logan. Welcome aboard. Sorry, uh, we're just yucking up. We, we we've had a fun time tonight watching. Um, what were we watching? Dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> and wow, we got some fun and crazy things to talk about about this episode. But uh, first of all, let me welcome my co-hosts for tonight: uh, the Lone Wolf, Andy Anderson. I've been gone, but I'm poking my head through the forbidden door, and I'm back. <laughs> Where do I go from? You're poking your head in the forbidden door. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, Elio? <laughs> well, the gentleman, Elio Canella? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, it's like reeling in a fish. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we're obviously in a great mood because we just watched... Uh, there were times on tonight's Dynamite, I got to say, where I honestly had to shake my head and go, what the hell is going on? Like, <laughs> there was really some times it confounded me, but at least it wasn't boring. Well, yeah, the main event was kind of boring. I, I thought it went by pretty quick overall. <laughs> yeah. I got to say, when the main event is the low point of the show for me, just excitement-wise, okay. But we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Before we go too much further in the show, folks, I want to send out a, a quick apology, I guess, of sorts. Um, we joke around here a lot on WPOB, and uh, I was uh, joking around uh, recently uh, involving cancer, and uh, if some people got took offense to that, I want to apologize for it, because I want you to understand that it's not that it's, I'm all that flippant about it. I mean, I am a cancer survivor, and I guess I just look at it as something for me uh, to process it easier, to put a little humor behind it, and if you got offended by that, I am sorry, and uh, you know, we were not here. We're here to have fun, guys. We're not here to put anyone down or anything like that. So uh, let's get on to today's show. All right. Going around, first of all, the world of professional wrestling. Uh, we have to take a look. And I know it's a kind of become a groaner point for me a lot, sometimes for Elio. And I know Andy doesn't even bother with it, is Impact Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but on his conquest to become the belt collector is I guess what some people are calling him on the internet using uh, Andy's favorite forbidden door analogy, uh, opening up to companies, Kenny Omega trying to collect belts everywhere he goes. Uh, he went into, uh, was it AAA I believe, or is it CML? No, it was AAA. It was AAA. Yeah, won their big belt. So he's their current champion. He's been there for a year. Now he's just taking the impact belt I believe it was called Rebellion. Was that yep, it? Impact Rebellion. 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 Okay. The main, the main event featured a uh, champion versus champion match. Rich Swan putting up his Impact title versus Kenny Omega's AEW title. Uh, in a lot of ways, we talked about this at first. I know me and Andy, because we're old school, we went to like, okay, this is like Martel versus uh, Flair. Bob this Winkle is like, Bob, yeah. yeah, Bockwinkle versus uh, Race. This is... San Martino versus uh, whoever, you know, 
those are, they'd have those kind of matches every couple of years and it would always be some kind of schmoz ending where clearly each champion would walk away with the belt. People would be excited, but after a while, you kind of knew the belt would not really change hands. However, uh, and I don't know, we're, we're going to have to keep an eye on this because obviously Impact must be getting much more in bed with the AEW than we thought because this match was a total unification. They guaranteed one man would walk out with the belts. Okay. Have they switched uh, TV dates because they used to be on Tuesdays, now apparently they're on Thursdays. Yes, yes. Impact did have to, and I, I can't remember the reason why. That's just happened uh, like two or three weeks ago. It was yeah. rather not long ago. Um, so yeah, it ends up that Kenny Omega does is now the current uh, AAA champion. He is the current AEW world champion, and now he adds the Impact world title to his belt. What's next? That's 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 one thing we got to wonder. Um, there are other companies. Is there going to be a new Japan tie-in? Uh, what other companies out there? MLW? I don't know. Obviously, it's not going to be a WWE thing. Uh, anyone, you guys would be insane if you think that's going to happen. Because there's, <laughs> there's no way Vince McMahon that's is letting that junk. No, no, that ain't going to happen. But uh, first of all, I just want to throw out quickly, Andy, what do you think of this idea? I mean, we've seen it across the indies. I mean, when, you remember when uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. Uh, first started on the indies? I mean, that dude had like 15 belts from like 15 yeah. little minor companies. But this is kind of a step up because these are national-wide television. Uh, well, CMLL covers all of Mexico. But I mean, Impact, AEW, those are two very big belts. What do you think of this kind of gimmick? Honestly, I... I, I'm tempted to say I don't care. I don't think it means anything. Uh, I think it's it's one of those things where it gets built up a lot more in people's heads mm -hmm. than it actually does. Uh, you know, you, you talked about uh, David Boy Smith Jr. You know, you can even think back to the days like Ultimo Dragon, where he had like eight or nine titles. Mm -hmm. And for photo ops, and and when you talk about like, oh, he's a champion, this, 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 and this, it looks great. And, you know, it sounds good and on paper, it's, it's a good thing. But the reality is like, I don't, eh, I don't really think it means that much. And, and, and if, you know, just as you kind of said, like to go, to go back to the days where if there was a time where, you know, Nick Bocklingle became the AWA champion and the NWA champion, or, uh, you know, like, could you imagine if Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair had like both the WWF and the NWA titles, to me, that would be something huge. That would be something mm -hmm. monumental. But in today's day and age, uh, I, I'm sorry. I just, I, I don't see it. And uh, even for how it's being presented thus far, I mean, you know, obviously there must be reasons why we're not, we didn't get a big thing on it tonight on Dynamite. But, mm -hmm. Not um, even really a mention, to be honest. No, no. Uh, so I don't know if that's, is there something contractual there or if that's somehow they're trying to hook us into, oh, well, maybe they'll talk about it next week. Um, it just, no, it, it doesn't, uh, you know, I, I think it's more of like a fantasy booking fan, fanboy thing mm -hmm. than it is an actual concrete, like, you know, I, I often talk about how, you know, these days, AEW, I, I suppose WWE, but I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's not very mainstream. We have our niche, you know, one to 2 million viewers that are going to watch the shows and that's it. I don't think you're going to get people going like, oh, okay, well, this guy's got like this belt, this belt, and this belt. Well, I got to start watching. Like, oh, this is a draw. Right. It, it doesn't matter. Like, even, even to boxing, when guys have like multiple titles in boxing, 
it sounds good. It looks good on paper. It looks good in the photos, but nah, I'm sorry. Okay. At the end of the day, not 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 as big a deal as is you know the diehards make it out to be. That's okay. My, that's what I think. Elio, how about yourself? Yeah. Does this excite you? This whole multiple belt? Do you see it as a, a, a possible working thing in this today's day and age? Me, um, if 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 it would happen like uh, maybe like back in like the nineties or the eighties, nineties around that time, it would have been like something new, something different. Today, it's just seeing it feels like another storyline. Well, look or, at this or, or another crossover mm-hmm. promotional crossover. Well, Omega must have had this like see the the triple A belt. He's had it for at least a year, right? Yeah, and when have we seen it defended? I think it's been defended once in AAA and once in AEW. So does that even mean anything anymore? Yep. You know, see that that that's another thing. When when are these titles can they're ever going to be defended? Exactly, and I also think of uh, some of the home promotions, you know, in Alberta where we've had a big name guy come in wins the belt, and all that ends up kind of doing is there's no champion for a couple months till that dude swings by and... four or five months later and puts the belt yep. up to lose. So um, I guess for me, my biggest fear, and maybe I'm totally rational here, Andy, and uh, you can tell me if you think I'm just a little bit panicky, is this kind of thing sort of reminds me of when, um, do you remember when Vince McMahon, he started to take control of everything? So like some of these companies like the AWA, the USWA, all these little promotions threw their super card together and they all tried to come together and showcase all of their stars into one super package. And then it just fell apart. It was desperation, you know, fans uh, who tuned in may have understood one promotion, but had no clue about the other ones and didn't recognize the people. And it fell on its face. They couldn't even survive. All of these companies had their own agendas and neither of them. What was the one, what was the one with uh, Lawler and Von Eric? It was like super. That's that's Supercard 3 I'm talking about. Supercard 3? Okay, that was the one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. And, and there's a great example because even up to the day of the match, neither side was clear as who's going to win the belt, (laughs) you know, and it caused weird riffs and everything fell apart. Now, is this in a way, is AEW actually trying to bring up promotions or is it a bit of a desperation bid to make itself bigger for fans? Because it, it isn't, I mean, it's had this battle with NXT, but really that's like saying you won the biggest fight against the smallest brother next door. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You beat up the little brother, but you didn't even come close to the big dudes. Yeah. You know? So does that really make you number two? Well, it does if there is no other companies. So yeah. I, I, part of me, man, you know what? I've jaded fans. I know that. And I just, I wish the best for AEW. And sometimes when I see these sort of things, I kind of get that vibe of it's not as big as they want it to be or portray it to be. And part of this smacks of a little desperation all the while we've always said why in the hell is AEW slumming it down with impact i mean impact has like what a sixth of the viewers they get why would you do that i you know what i mean even you're saying desperation i don't even think it's a desperation thing i to me maybe misguided if it feels more than an aew thing to me this just feels more like a kenny omega thing Mm. 
And it's like, it's like, well, you know, we can do this stuff in Japan where you get all these titles and no one's really ever done it, you know, at this level, the national level in North America. And we're going to be the first to do it. It's going to be so cool. Well, no, I mean, it, maybe things are, you know, it, it looks, <laughs> yeah. it's looked at a little differently in, in Japan, mm-hmm. but, but here I just, I don't think it doesn't carry the same weight. No, yeah. no, like it's, and, and, and to the point that you, both you guys made, and I, I thought about it right after Elio started talking that he talked about it was, it's it's like oh yeah he's like a belt collector well it's not like you're you know okay well uh monday night you're gonna defend the or sorry i guess like wednesday night you're defending the the aew title thursday night you're gonna defend the impact title uh saturday you're gonna be in mexico defending the the title there and you're gonna help you know raise all this you're just you're yeah the title says you're collecting belts and to me in the end it might look good for kenny omega but i don't really see how it doesn't bring anyone up. No. Well, oh yeah. Well, Kenny Omega is the the Impact champion. Well, he's not fighting anybody from Impact. Well, he's the AAA champion. He's defended the belt twice in a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and against the same guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> against so, I mean, Serato Kid twice. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. I. Uh, I. You know what? In this day and age, it would be cool if this would work out. But I think Elio too brought up the good point of you're just taking the championship away from the smaller companies. Now they don't have a champion. So when they're, how do you, how do you survive as a smaller company putting together special cards when you don't even have a champion? Cause he's too big of a name off somewhere else with the belt he took from you. Yeah. And it's, it it's, the other, sorry, the other thing right now that makes it tough too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, as I was talking about like, well, you're developed, you know, defending yeah. this thing, this thing is the whole COVID thing. So, I mean, if you're not running shows or you're barely running shows, mm-hmm. that's also going to have a, a, like an adverse effect, but you know, like I said, at the end of the day, like, mm-hmm really what are you doing okay that's fair enough that's fair enough well you know what fans some of the regular segments we have we run during the week let's like a look at our elite versus delete thing our elite delete every month every uh week we take a a person who's currently on the main roster or has been seen on the main roster uh, a few times and we debate whether that person right now actually is ready to be a wrestler or a team whatever what we pick is this person ready to compete at this level with this gimmick with this look at this time this week we took a, a look at ethan page and i'm going to preference this one by saying is i i haven't seen a lot of him so uh i i really i i'm going to say my answer is going to rely on what i know about him but uh let's go around first of all elio ethan page a leader delete in your mind Okay, uh, we haven't we really haven't seen him do anything yet in AEW. I'm gonna right now I'm gonna say elite because okay. you know what? I feel like uh, he 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 could do a lot better here than he was doing in Impact. I mean, Impact he did okay, but then after, after mm-hmm. down the road they started like just dropping the ball with him. They gave him that mm-hmm. karate man gimmick that just wasn't working so. Yeah, he's they Santino him almost. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with elite. I'm going okay. with elite. All right, uh, Andy. All right. Well, I don't really have very you know very much for previous knowledge of him. Uh, unfortunately, for the get go from him, at least in my eyes, uh, you know there was the build up of the mystery person being thrown into the that casino match or the all or yeah. whatever it was, and it's kind of like I think I even you know. It was like it's pretty underwhelming. Who's, who's this guy? Yeah. Now it's tough because I mean I don't watch Dark, and I've talked in the past, you know, whether it's AEW, WWE, whoever, about uh, creating 
their own history for for guys so for fans that don't follow like an ethan pages instance for someone who doesn't follow impact who doesn't really know much about him you know Mm -hmm. i need you need to show me and you know what he is what he can do it's kind of like um for a lot of the wcw guys back in the day when they came over to wwe it's kind of like forget everything about your wcw thing you know you're starting fresh here you need to create new history and that's and that's what's happening here it's also tough because you know like i said someone that, that doesn't really watch the youtube shows and when you only have two hours of tv and you have such a broad range of talent it's tough to give people time on television mm-hmm. having said all of that the bits and pieces that i've seen of ethan page i like i can i can tell he's experienced i can tell he's seasoned just by the way he carries himself uh the way he presents himself the facial expressions and uh fortunately you know as we're doing this post dynamite from tonight mm-hmm. uh you know as we were watching and, and i will touch on it later but for what he was involved in i you know i said to her in our group chat i like this mm-hmm. um so you know initially if we had had this conversation maybe a couple of weeks ago i would have been eh, delete mm-hmm. but i'll 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 give a thumbs up and an elite for for ethan page okay um I'm going to go on the fence with this one because I do know what he can do and I've seen the past stuff, but that doesn't necessarily mean that translates over to whatever company you go into now. Uh, The problem I have is I have wanted somebody like Scorpio Sky uh, to be showcased well, and he's kind of at the same level right now as Ethan Page. I mean, they're even hanging out and they have them doing run-ins and little stuff, but there's still no real movement for them. And I get worried that they're going to end up like SCU, you know, falling back between each show. Uh, We pull them up if we don't have anything interesting. Um, And to be honest, I think if you knew nothing about Impact, I don't think they've shown enough of Ethan Page for you to really care either of him being good or bad. You know, he stood around, he's been chased off, he's hung out inside of the things. Uh, This week he interfered. Um, But it still is, there's that difference, you know, the difference where you have somebody interfere and they do something explosive and they give you that idea of like, what do we got here? You know, that hasn't happened. It's been minor interferences. Like, oh, he's kind of a pain in the ass. You know, so, you, you say, do you feel that even after tonight? Yes. I okay. even feel tonight, his interference and runoff was so, you could have plugged anybody in to do that from a big name to a nobody. And yeah. it would still have had that same effect tonight's did. Okay. I wish they'd given him something more, a little bit more to chew on. Maybe a little bit, what he did was a little more exposed. Hell, take a swing at Sting. Could you imagine how much press he would have got for that? You know, but um, I'm not going to say delete and I'm going to punk out and not even say elite. I'm on the fence because there obviously looks like they're going to push him. And I know he can do more, but let's face it. We've seen, uh, I'm looking at you, Sean Spears. We've seen people come over with great ideas and so far have done a whole hell of a lot of nothing. And later on, when we talk about the segment with Sean Spears, Sammy was 100% on the money about the things he said. So (laughs) we'll get into that. So I'm going to go on the fence. But you know what? You fans, uh, maybe I'm not seeing it clearly yet, but 100% of you of the vote said that Ethan Page was definitely elite. So we're going to have to see where that goes. We'll be keeping an eye on him, okay? We have one uh, comment. Oh, you have a comment. Let's hear the comment. So Darren Messler says, 
too soon to say he just got there. Oh, that kind of ties in with what you said. Yeah, I, I'm just, I want to know more. He's And hey, he's a Canadian. So yeah. the three of us are all kind of letting we give that a little extra edge over there, except for you, Sean Spears. Um, <laughs> anyhow, I think, isn't Sean Spears Canadian? Yeah, he's Canadian. He's from Toronto. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's get into this week's hot topic. And this is an interesting one because it was sort of funny when we, we brought up the hot topic. Me and Andy threw an extra name in there. And the guys at WPOV Wrestling just hate this dude so much. But I think it was an honest, I think it was honest put thing to put in there. He's been yeah, on. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So what we wanted to know, folks, is who you guys thought was the best commentator currently on uh, AEW. And our choices were uh, Jim Ross, uh, Tony Schiavone, Excalibur, and we threw in Taz. And um, I'm going to go around and ask these guys who they feel in their mind is for them the best commentator and uh, and say whatever you want about the other commentators. But let's just hear what we're looking at. We're going to start with Andy. Andy, who do you find most enjoyable overall when they're on doing commentating? Uh, the best, most enjoyable. I, I think depending on the adjective we choose to use, mm-hmm. uh, it might my choices might change. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, I love Jim Ross. Um, and obviously there's a lot of nostalgia there, but he, he truly is one of the best. Um, I just, he's just not the same as he used to be. And I don't know if that's on him or if that's on the product or the combination of the two, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I always harp and talk about emotional connection, emotional investment in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I think there's such a, you know, I find such a lack of it in AEW's product. Mm-hmm. I think that's why one of the, one of the main reasons why Jim Ross maybe doesn't do as well because he can't get can't as connect. emotionally. Yeah. He can't connect as much as he could for stone cold or the rock or, mm-hmm. you know, triple H and, any angle really for for times like that because it was you know different time different product um tony shivani i don't mind excalibur i don't same thing i don't mind i i don't know i there seems to be quite the the hate on for him yeah there really does doesn't it and i I, he doesn't stick out enough to me that i'm like oh like this guy's horrible like what the hell Mm -hmm. um and and taz (laughs) and taz is the one that you know we we both kind of threw in yeah and I've always thought, I, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, Taz isn't too bad on commentary. I think he does better on commentary than he does on his promos. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, his, or his presence on stage. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and I get a kick out of the fact that, you know, even when he's doing the commentary, he's still sort of putting over the, co- the you know, the, com- the competitor, whoever's yeah. facing off against the Team Taz guy. And you're like, oh, he got lucky, or oh, this and that. But we're still gonna like, get it. We're still gonna kick his ass. And you know what? That to me, at least, is more of like an honest, yeah, commentary than you know, and, and rather than just totally going off on one side. So you know what? I'm actually gonna gonna take out a page out of your book now, and uh-huh. I'm I'm gonna go on the fence on this because I don't know that there's any anyone who anyone, stands out enough. Nobody stands out enough. You okay, know, and that's what I said. You know, when if you say who's your favorite, who do you enjoy most? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, who's your least favorite? Well, it, it, it could depend, but uh, nobody. There, there's no clear cut favorite for me. Okay, 
How about you, Elio? Do you have a clear-cut favorite on the team? So, for, as much as I can stand the, the guy uh, when he does his uh, promos, uh, Taz doesn't do too bad on commentary, like what Andy was saying. He doesn't like take one side over the other. Whoever, whoever is like uh, in the match, he puts them both over. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna. I'm going to go with Taz as much as I can stand him, but I okay. do like the other ones as well, except Excalibur is the one that doesn't really stand out much to me. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, boy, you know what? Andy's so right in this in the sense here is um, when you look at it as a whole, they all have great parts of the show. They all have strengths and weaknesses, but overall, they're kind of flat on a thing, you know? Um, JR is either... He's on the mood. He's in a good mood. He's enjoying himself and he'll give you a pretty good thing, but that changes really quick with him. And you could tell there's times he's so disinterested or he just doesn't care or he's very sarcastic and the sarcasm, unfortunately, when he's sarcastic, it comes out more mean. Like he just doesn't like, especially the Excalibur. He's dumping on that dude quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Tony, Tony's insane because Tony is either super great or super shit. There's no in between with this guy. Either he or life what he's doing, or you're just absolutely hating. And it's a hard thing. He can't sustain the show on either level. You know, sometimes I think it would be better if he just sort of floated in the middle because you got three other guys or two other guys, right? But he's either super good or super crap. And unfortunately, that equals out to kind of bland. Um, Excalibur, he annoys me in the way that Matt Stryker does. He's like the know it all guy you want to punch in the face. You're like, you have that friend who, Oh yeah, he's cool. I love the fact that, you know, as an example, oh, I love the fact that Andy knows all these things. Right. But then when you're at too much of it, it's like, Oh, shut up, Andy. Like, I don't really need to know the step over blah, blah, blah in Japan. <laughs> kind of like what here. happens over kind of what happens in this show. Although you guys are just quiet about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But, but you know what I mean? Like he gets so ridiculously oh, meta about everything he does that you're just kind of like, shut up nerd. We don't really care that in Korea, they call it the whatever versus what we call it here. You know, we, it's that stuff. It, it is sort of funny because JR will get on his case about that. He'll openly mock sometimes some of the things yeah. that Excalibur will say. Um, and Taz, well, Taz only works in super small doses. And when he does those doses, they're awesome. The problem is this is a two hour show. So <laughs> yes, you can entertain me for 15 minutes, but that still leaves an hour and 45 minutes yeah. that you can't do it. So, yeah, they're, I'm kind of on the fence with all these guys because nobody stands up, and I don't hate any of them. Excalibur, I do get annoyed, but sometimes when Tony and JR are just off in La La Land, he brings some reality with his obscurity. <laughs> his obscure knowledge sometimes gives levity to the other two. So in my mind, they're all, they're all on the same level. But you fans voted in, and I found this interesting. And this is why 41% said JR. I, I can live with that. That's a high number. I can see that. What really surprised me is that Excalibur at 35% being over Tony. For some reason, I thought people would have sentimentally more gone with Tony. But let's face it, Excalibur is kind of playing for the AEW want audience. Yes. So that might really, uh, the younger crowd, the, the people who are in that, he, he probably fits that bill. And uh, Tony and Taz tied at 12%. I'm not sure if that's a bad indictment against poor Tony or, <laughs> or what, but that's a, that's a low thing on the marks. So 
Wow, that was some. That was a really interesting thing, and and I, well, I don't know how we can measure that or or things down the line. I guess we could revisit that in six months yeah. and and see if people's attitudes have changed. And I got to tell you, fans, they should change. If it's the same numbers in six months, that's the sign of a very static product that you're getting that there's no turnover no excitement coming in so we'll see fans aew we still have our hopes for it i mean we do this dynamite show every week nobody's put a gun to our head make put that gun down sir oh i'm um, anyways nobody's putting a gun to our head and, no tony yes. no. no 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 i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> rick i swear i will <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are gonna do a really quick commercial break here uh, we're going to do a few of our usual shtickety shticks. First of all, our good friend Elio is going to throw out to us all the places that you can write in and tell me all the different platforms that this show appears on. All right. So you can write into us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram at Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. You can find this show, Wrestling POV Global, with myself, TJ Logan, and Lone Wolf Andy Anderson. On and on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn Radio, and iHeartRadio for free. For free. Wherever better podcasts are found. And us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, folks? We here at Global, we're not the only show uh, that's on the WPOV network. Uh, Elio's already told you about Global that appears... I believe every Friday, Thursday or Friday, we're Thursday. Uh, on the release. Yep. Uh, every Saturday, Saturday night, you have WPOV Wrestling featuring uh, Tony Diaz, Rick Serrano III, and Clay Cummings. They talk all about the stuff going on all through WWE. They cover all the shows there. We also have uh, every Wednesday, WPOV Quarantine, which is a show involving the three of us usually. Uh, it's a Zoom-based show where we have guests on. Every week we have at least one guest on who's a wrestling personality, a wrestler, or an author, whatever. And uh, we take the time to uh, talk about a certain subject, whether it be a historical thing, whether we be psychology of wrestling, whether we're just having some fun with some stuff. It's a really interesting time. You can watch it on YouTube and actually see us talking and interacting and see those people. Uh, as a preview, I know coming up on the next episode of Quarantine coming out soon, uh, we have Bruce and Ross Hart joining us talking about Bad News Allen. Uh, for some of you American fans who might not recognize who that is, that's Bad News Brown of old uh, WWF. And uh, interesting hearing some really cool stories what a volatile life and what a volatile man yeah uh, i gotta say that i there were stories i heard today and i've grown up knowing bad news on there were stories on there where i was even like whoa whoa that was okay. a fun, that was a fun show it that was. was that was something yeah. interesting yeah it really was so um before we go we usually uh bring in a guest wrestler to try and hawk a t-shirt and i thought you know what if we're gonna sell t-shirts that are like the best well then we should bring in the best so i asked rick flair to join us <laughs> rick flair is going to tell you all about the wpov t-shirts uh just let me dial him up <clears throat> uh, hello rick rick are you on the line Woo! thomas Woo! james Woo! logan you're talking to the nature boy and when you're talking about the kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, the nature boy, the greatest of all time, Ric Flair, I got to tell you this, with a tear 
in my eye. The greatest t-shirt I have ever worn is from ProWrestlingTees.com and it features none other than the greatest faction, the greatest group in the, all of professional wrestling. I'm not talking about the pinnacle. I'm not talking about D-Generation X. I'm not talking about the Four Horsemen. I'm talking about Wrestling POV. I'm talking about Terrible Tony Diaz. I'm talking about Ravishing Rick Serrano III. I'm talking about the $50 man, Clay Woo Cummings. I'm talking about that guy, the universal heartthrob, Elio Canella. I'm talking about the bad boy, the legend, Thomas James TJ Woo Logan. And of course, <laughs> I'm talking about that handsome son of a gun, the greatest. No, wait, when you're talking about the nature boy, I'm talking about the third greatest professional wrestler ever in the history of professional wrestling, Andy Anderson. What was I talking about? Woo! ProWrestlingTees.com, Wrestling POV t-shirt. Go there, get one today. Tell the nature boy sent you, because it's the best thing going in the t-shirt business today. Woo! Whoa, Rick, Rick, no, don't, don't, don't give elbow drops to the t-shirts. Rick, Rick, stop. No, somebody stop him from doing that. Take the Rolex. You want the robe? Take the robe. You see these shoes? $2,000 shoes. Take the shoes. I want the wrestling POV t-shirt. Give me the t-shirt. Well, thanks, Rick. (laughs) Well, folks, uh, oh, and by the way, Andy, sorry we cut you off again. Usually we we forgot to give you a segment to go into the the thing. Sorry about that, brother. (laughs) Next week. Uh, not much. Just a legend. Just, just a goddamn legend. Oh, All right. <laughs> you talking? No, no, no. A real legend. Oh, a real legend. <laughs> That's just a ball, dude. Okay. <laughs> anyway, folks, when we get back, we're gonna talk some AEW Dynamite. Stay tuned. Dynamite. Hi, this is Dan Crawford at WPOV Global. Hey, folks, we're back. Let's take a look at this week's edition of uh, AEW Dynamite. All right. <laughs> I know my age. Uh, gonna say, hmm, I didn't fall asleep this week, so that's always a start. Uh, uh, show. It was an okay show. Uh, we're gonna start off with this is gonna be interesting because um, we got to talk about the ramifications and uh, why. Uh, we had uh, Adam Page taking on uh, Brian Cage, Page versus Cage. Oh, yeah, going on there. Um, so this is a big, the number one contender taking on the fearsome. FTW champion who never defends the belt, by the way, it wasn't defended. <laughs> uh, so, of course, the physically imposing uh, Brian Cage has to jump Adam Page with all of his dudes. They come out, slap him around. Then the dork order comes running out. Uh, I can't believe they actually still have Cole Cabana dressed like an idiot. I, what was he even doing? Just hopping around in the back there? Like, he didn't even get himself involved. He was kind of like the, the kid pointing and yelling at the, the fights going on, you know? Uh, so finally, uh, it culminates with like a power slam uh, on Adam Page onto the stage and then gets into the ring and starts the match. Most of this match was Adam Page taking, uh, being physically dominated. Uh, there were times I was very surprised at like Cage picking up uh, Adam and hucking him into the ringside barriers. Like he really ragdolled him quite a bit. Uh, there was even one or two times where uh, Page tried to make the comeback, but it was very short lived. And uh, then 
the surprise of surprises. I, did you guys go in and think this was going to happen? Cage takes the pin and the win. Uh, first of all, Andy, uh, did you think this was going to happen? And do you have any idea why you think this happened? Uh, I, I'm among the surprised. Uh, but you know what? I'll give them credit storytelling wise because, uh, you know, like you said, off the, off the hop before the match even starts, uh, there's the power bomb on the stage or whatever. And, and I'm thinking like a few minutes into the match, I'm going like, really, you guys are going to do this. And like Paige is still going to win. Cause I just clearly yeah. assumed that he was going to win. And it's like, even after that. So the fact that they actually use that. And to me, like there was some story here that, you know, that kind of weakened them from the get go. And like you mm-hmm. said, like Brian Cage dominated. Um, do I know why this happened? No, I, you know what though? I, I don't think it hurt Adam Page though. Mm-hmm. And I think it was actually a good way to kind of boost something with Brian Cage. It, it intrigues me a little more because now I want to see what's happening. Because lately with Brian Cage, all we've seen is this, has been this tease with the dissension within Team Taz. Mm-hmm. And now he's picking up a major win. So I don't know, did they drop the dissension thing or is this going to come back into play later? Well, we never saw anything about dissension no. on this week's episode. Yeah, sure. so... so I'm because this is so fresh. I'm not writing it off as oh they just dropped it because if they just drop it, it's kind of eh. so. Mm-hmm. I am curious to see where this goes, and uh, I I thought it was a you know a decent match, decent opener, and uh, definitely caught the interest with with Brian Cage over the okay. page. Okay, Cage over the page. All right, Page <laughs> Elio. Yeah, this uh, this wasn't a bad match. Uh, I enjoyed this match. Um, yeah, it's a uh, I I went in thinking Cam Page is gonna win, but the the way uh Team Taz like just like attacked him at the start, then the way Cage just overpowered him, I was I was fine with the results, and uh, yeah, I want to see where they go with this uh, with this um, story here. Okay, okay. Um, the reason I phrased it as why did this happen is um, I I talk with a lot of people. And I listen to a lot of shows and I do a little research, especially on the AEW portion of stuff. And one thing that kept coming up and I realized what some people were saying had to be true is, you know how they uh, they always talk about Vince McMahon will take somebody and sometimes he'll de-emphasize someone, keep them and then heat them up later for a thing, right? And And sometimes there's that organic feel where a wrestler reaches up and sometimes they go really big, really quick. And then you're surprised, like, why did they not give this guy a shot or more things, right? And I think that's the problem right now with Adam Page is he's boosted up too quickly. And there's no way we can insert him in with, with Kenny Omega wrapped up on all these other stories he's got going on. There's no real room for Adam Page unless you're going to make him lose the title or lose his title shot. So then you've wasted this great opportunity. And there's a great story there of Adam Page finally overcoming the tag team partner who betrayed him later on and he's a credible wrestler when he does finally get that shot and win it's going to be spectacular and organic i think the problem is he just got so big right now all of a sudden out of nowhere and then then, you know they have to keep their system so they track him at two and then i think the other wild card here is all of a sudden miro is starting to look like a real contender so you got to run with miro now while he's got a hot streak. So I think Miro is going to all of a sudden be really high in contention for some stuff soon. Plus you've got this whole giant storyline with, with Kenny collecting belts 
and other companies and yada yada and he's still got to deal with um with moxley and uh, kingston so really i think taking the belt off of kenny doesn't work right now and i think you waste adam page if you put him in there now and have him lose i think it, it hurts him i think what they did tonight didn't hurt him i think it cools him off a little gives him some other direction for a little while you know, I'm really hoping it's not an extended run against Taz's family because that's just a nowhere thing. But maybe he explores the Dark Order more. Maybe he, I don't know. But, uh, well, yeah, that sounded terrible. The the the, the uh, door and all that stuff. The, the Whatever. Door, the door for the Dark Explorer. That's not that's not wrong if, or bad if that's what you're into. You know, the, not there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, yeah. But uh I think that's really what, what here is. This was an opportunity to, to cool Paige off a little. And actually, this gives Brian Cage finally some credibility. I don't think some of the matches he's been in lately, and even when he looks dominant, has not given him credibility. I think this win finally gives somebody in Taz's group a little bit of an actual push, you know? So uh, I think it was a good thing. Uh, the match, like I said, he looked really good in there. Brian Cage looked uh, very physically dominating. Surprised uh, Page let him do so much. Uh, so yeah, I enjoyed See, it. When, it when, when he does, when he does that standing moonsault, it looks good. When Luchasaurus does it, it looks awkward. Yes, yes, because obviously one of them knows how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa, oh! All right, next we next we uh, move over to. Uh, <laughs> There's so many things I want to make fun about this. We move over to the elite promo, okay? There's so much going on in this garbage, okay? There's so many dumb things to unfold here. So the guys are in a limo now, okay? They're, they're all, cramped in there. They're cramped. Oh, and don't forget Don Callis. All right, six men in a limo. Doesn't get any better than this. Uh, that, uh, you know what? As much as I crap on Don Callis, that actually made me laugh because it's like... It's, abs- <laughs> it's so absurd that it made you laugh, yes. Yeah. Um, Bad sign for Impact. The only mention of Kenny winning the belt at all was an offhanded comment in this segment where Don, who's a, a, an Impact executive, mentioning that uh, Kenny has the Impact belt too. <laughs> uh, we go to dumb stuff. The Young Bucks are making themselves the most obnoxious heels, which I guess works in a way. Huh? Yeah. And it's nice to see that, I don't know, maybe somebody... Uh, took some electrodes and put them on to Nick Jackson's head because now he's not a corpse. He seems to be has some animation in him this two weeks in a row. A uh, but, sass. Yeah, a little bit of sash boys. The Good Brothers are, ah, uh, these guys are just, they are presenting them so terribly that mm-hmm. a team that's a credible team, they just look like garbage. And and to have, I, I, said, I said this on our page thing, uh, they, they're all saying how they're, they're mad at, uh, at, um, Oh, man, um, Moxley and Kingston for like destroying their trailer and they're not going to be bullied and then a horn goes off and six foot seven freaking uh, Doc Gallows there loses his mind like he's terrified and it's sort of funny because here we have a guy who's like six foot seven plus he's not going to get bullied <laughs> by these clearly smaller dudes than him it's just it is so dumb it's like who writes this garbage it just is it supposed to be are we supposed to be laughing at how stupid this is because it's almost written like we're supposed to be a giant parody of wrestling and i'm not sure if you want your world champion to be the parody joke yeah of your company 
that's I have a problem with that. Okay, for every little funny, <laughs> there's a part of you that's just de-emphasizing everything that these guys are. These are the world tag team champions, the world champion, and this is supposed to be a great team, and they all look like chumps. They really do after this sort of thing. Uh, I want more for Kenny Omega because he's a great wrestler. So I don't know. It, the problem is he seems to revel in this parodying crap. Didn't we get called Moxie Buster? <laughs> I did. I missed that. I, 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 thought, I thought I heard him say that. that if he did, I think that, that's funny. I'm okay with that. Um, I, I want to know what button the the driver was trying to push when he pushed the, the wrong horn. button and the <laughs> horns went off. What button was he going for? Oh, well, you know, for vehicles. I mean, they've got, you know, like all the buttons on the steering wheel. So he must have. <laughs> You're a good man, Andy. You're just defending. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, anyone want to bring anything up about this? Uh, pile of burning garbage. I, uh, I, didn't, like, I didn't like too much. Like okay. Some of it was funny, but for the most mm-hmm. part, wasn't funny. Okay. What, I, what I'm feeling, and I mean, you guys watch a lot more of like today's Japanese wrestling than I do. But, you know, I, to me, the feeling is, and, you know, obviously tell me if, if I'm off or I'm wrong, even in, you know, kind of the, the presentation, but if if they were being presented like this for like new japan mm-hmm. or like a japanese company and they're kind of like you know the kind of you know the the goofy heels i mean they can be serious in the ring but it's kind of goofy here I, i'm wondering it's like maybe this is something that like the presentation wise this gets over more in japan and they're trying to bring the japanese kind of shtick here and it's not translating well for what we're used to for like a normal North American. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And the problem here is um, it works in Japan to a degree, but the problem is in the, in, cause it's a Japanese audience, they don't actually speak as much. So yeah, a lot exactly, less of exactly. it works to this extent. It would fail just as miserably there as it's yeah. failing here. It's like, they think that's a good idea, but they realize cause it's, they're in an English speaking place that they have to expound on it. And yeah. It's like when you tell a joke that's a good, small, concise joke, and you're like, oh, that's funny, right? But then when you start adding layers yeah. and layers to the joke, somewhere along the line, the joke just becomes a snooze. Yeah. Like, I, I and, and to your point, it's like in my head, I'm looking at it where, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, if, if this was airing on Japanese TV mm-hmm. with the Jap, you know, whether they're, you know, I mean, even with the translation, if they're doing subtitles, some of it might come across differently or you're, you're kind of watching, you don't understand much, but then, you know, the horn goes off gallows ah, and you watch like, ha 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 ha. Like, oh, he got scared. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Whereas here it's like, really? Like that just, and that, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of like where I'm thinking. It's like, nah. it's, it's, it's possible. All of those guys have had extended tours of Japan. And, and that's what makes me wonder if they're like, Oh yeah, like this stuff, you know, got was huge, got huge in Japan or if people were, you know, watching New Japan TV, whether it was like YouTube or mm-hmm. shows, or whatever. and you know, and then you get the oh well, New Japan is awesome. This is great. It'd be so awesome if they brought this to America. And now here they are trying to bring it to America, but on the Americans, you know, on the North American stage, it's like, no, nah, this isn't translating as well as as if it was being shown in Japan. Just like how you know there there can be shows from Japan. Uh, you know, you try to bring them over here. Mm-hmm. And, and the humor gets lost in translation or it's just so bizarre that you wonder it's like yeah like, like yeah. that like that game remember the one they used to have with people running down the hill with pla- yeah 
like, or is it not? What's the original one called? It's not just called White Boat, but it's the same one. It's badly translated in, and people are running away from rolling fake rocks and things. Yeah, and you're like, I, I don't get the half the half the humor I get, but some of it's like, what? Yeah, I get that. Um, it's almost like metaphorically, someone like was throwing stuff against the wall to see <laughs> what would stick. Hmm. I wonder if they'd ever do that. All right, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Next match: the Young Bucks. Dressing way cooler than last week, but with the goofiest looking shoes. And yet, yet, uh, did I not catch this? Was it Excalibur or one of them saying that they had spent $20,000 yeah. on running shoes? And yeah. I'm like, oh, did they leave those on the back? Because they kind of look like they're wrestling in Kmart specials there. Like <laughs> yeah. these clunky big white shoes. Uh, I'm not sure. Are they? Do they have um, a shoe like sponsorship? Is this why they're... This has become a focal, like you throw that in there, like a hot topic deal. I don't know. Well, they I can't wear people... wrestling boots apparently, so they have to wear runners. And it's just one of those things where, and I noticed it actually even later too, because I mean, like we talked about it a little bit in the group chat. I was like, really? They look, it'd be to me, like it almost felt like the, like with the leather, kind of like the biker look. Yeah. And then instead of having like, like the black leather boots, it's like runners. <laughs> yeah. Get ready to step on your Harley with all those like, you know, badass gear. Yeah. and you got your sneaks right. on yeah and yeah then, but then even don Callis, and i get to an extent that this is you know there's there's a yeah. fashion style to it but i mean even Callis is wearing a suit or whatever he's wearing and he's wearing and i know she's wearing runners too yeah and it's like well but that's why you can watch guys like you know you watch like mvp and bobby lashley or any of those guys mm-hmm. and they're wearing suits they're wearing you know the shoes yeah. it's full you, you wouldn't you'd never see like a rick flair Wearing you know, a running shoe. Wearing running shoes with his, uh, you know, unless it was K Swiss. No. Even then, he'd still, he'd still be wearing. He'd still yeah. be wearing shoes. No, so. I know. Yeah, I get that. And let's face it, though, what they were wearing today was a hundred times better than that horrible white. Yes, their monstrosity last. And I, I forgot to mention last week, but did you notice the headbands that they had on last week with the doily front hanging over like they were? belly dancers there was like these kind of like things hanging over their face and i'm like in what world is that macho cool or anything male <laughs> like, I, that, see, to me they'd probably be like well you know let's do this because it'll get us heat it got them something all right so let's, <laughs> we got the young bucks taking on the sedell brothers i believe it's matt and mike uh quick th- quick show of hands did anyone actually think uh the young bucks were going to lose this match at all before just even going in from what we've seen from the Sedell brothers. When I write down the matches, when I write down my notes, I do the, I do, you know, like I hear like Bucks versus Sedells mm-hmm. and then I I'll underline whoever wins. And, and it was always- like, as the match, as I'm writing the names down, I yeah. underlined the Bucks like, yeah. <laughs> in the opening minute of the match. Uh, we've talked about this off uh, before we started. Uh, first of all, okay. The match itself, uh, a lot of craziness, I'm going to say Matt Sedell does do some stuff that looks really cool without it looking so over choreographed. Uh, that double knee things, the Meteora he does, looks like that would really hurt you, okay? Uh, he does some cool stuff like that. His brother really needs some work, and I really think, we talked about this beforehand, is, you know what? He would be, if we had him on Elite or Delete, we'd put him in Delete because he needs work before he's on this big center stage because uh he was in there with the young bucks tag team specialist and his brother an incredible aerial wrestler it made him stick out like a sore thumb he was it exposed him for being very weak and and not ready to be there um i hated uh the dick punch it was just so ridiculous and it 
in a thing where we're even trying to sell somewhat of reality. And isn't that the reality? Oh, if you hurt someone, kick someone in the balls or punch someone, that that would take them down. Even when you but, made that comment in the group chat, right at that, right when you made that comment, I was yeah. at that part of the match. And, but that's the thing is like, if you hit somebody the way he did that, that dude should have been crippled and taken out to the hospital and probably needed surgery. Yeah. Okay. It was so, so poorly th- thought out that it took away, if anything, they're trying to generate heat on themselves as being bad guys who get away with stuff. They just turned it into a, a horrible cartoon at that moment. They might as well have dropped an anvil from the top of the, the thing and taken out the Sedell brothers with a giant anvil or painted a, uh, some kind of hole on the wall and then tricked them to run into it or something like that. It was that cartoonish level. Um, not a fan of this match. Uh, like I said, I really also hate, I don't think, I get stretching the, the possibilities of athletics, okay? But there's no way anyone can Frankenstein or two people. <laughs> Especially when you're a small... I, yeah, I was like, what the heck just happened there? <laughs> so, but you know what? If you This is still miles better than one of the matches I got coming up where I want to explain things, okay? Oh, dear. But for me, uh, this match did not do it, guys. Uh, I get it, it had moments of flash. I'm going to say Matt Sedell... Boy, he, he really knows how to do that move, eh? He, he's, is this his new thing every match where he does a move where somebody moves or slips and he does that crotch bounce thing? Like, he just, it looks great. Like, oh, my God, I bam, I'm crashing and dying. You know, you, do you know what I'm talking about? He does that two-legged split leg thing, so it makes it look like he hurt himself badly, like somebody moved out of the way or somebody pushed him, and he'll crash and hit so. both legs and fall over. It looks spectacular, but it's like he does that every match. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Elio. What'd you get out of this match, brother? The, yeah, this match uh, didn't really do it for me. Like you said, that uh, one, that punch was like bad. Um, I don't know if it was just me, but was did, was Matt Jackson a little over over the top, more annoying as usual? He is really over pantomiming all of the stuff. He like he and they even brought it up on commentary, like he was uh, emulating Michael Hayes. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that's. I think uh, he went from bad actor to over uber bad actor. So. <laughs> bad actor to over actor. Yeah, Andy, what do you got about this? No, match, I I don't have too much to add. That's already been covered. I mean, it's a young bucks match. That's not really my cup of tea. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I kind of go through it, and uh, I'm not gonna try and pull it apart. We we talked about the outfits. We talked about the the penis punch. Um, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay uh then this ends with a, a an impromptu uh scu promo uh, uh culminating with the word asshole being said on national <laughs> television and uh all i could say is i'm looking and go so so this is how they're going to break up uh, scu <laughs> I'm, I'm still not understanding this whole deal like if they lose they split up like yep. yeah they haven't lost since they i, I guess the, what is that a way to like keep their win record going no it's to give them that final to to it's to give them how do you say it's like a sense of urgency for them to win and like, just you know, and it's, it's a justification for them to finally face the champions oh. that's what they're working for it's, and of course they're not going to win Come on, they should. SCU is a great, but you know, the way they use those guys, there's no way the young bucks are dropping into them. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, exactly. Anyone want to add anything to this thing? Or is it just what it was? Yeah, just small and ridiculous. Uh, Jade does a promo. 
uh, which with the funniest line ever, who wants a piece of Jade's pie? Because she said, who wants a piece of my pie? And I was just like, Rick Serrano the third, where are you? <laughs> Ding uh, dong, hello! <laughs> <laughs> oh my Lord. Um, you know what? In these small little things, she does well. She comes off as believable. You know, in, in really small bursts, she can okay talk. She falls apart when she goes over 30 seconds. But uh, for that first part, it was convincing. You cut it off there. I don't know anything else. I'm tuning in. I'm thinking, wow, that big girl is going to beat the crap out of someone or find a manager. So it worked for what it was. Um, Orange Cassidy versus Penta. Oh, my goodness. Do I have some problems with this match? Um, and this is what I have the problems with, guys. I get that there are wrestlers who are kind of gimmicky. Orange Cassidy is a gimmicky wrestler. He's got his gimmicky things. But when you put him in there with a wrestler, he can even use parlay that gimmickiness into a somewhat enjoyable match. Okay? The problem is when you pick a guy who's all gimmick and put him in with another guy who's full of gimmick, it just comes off across as indirific crap gimmick stuff. Um, I don't get how Orange Cassidy would stand there for that long and let a guy do the stupid push him in the face, take off the glove, all that garbage that just wastes so much time. And then once again, he starts with the tiny little kicks against the guy. I hate that. Um, I get it if he's facing a serious challenger. He goes out and faces Lance Archer, does that. That's great because he's driving Archer insane. Archer's like, (laughs) you know, I get that. But when you're going up against Mr. Gimmick number two, who's just now going to take his glove off and gimmick back to you. It's just dumb. It's just, it's really dumb. Um, How on earth he managed to toss, how Orange Cassidy can come off the rope and toss somebody while he still has his hands in his pocket is some kind of weird magnetic magic. I don't know what. What kind of, um, how how does that work? How do you deliver an arm drag? It was a deep, deep arm drag, like Ricky Steamboat style, except with his hands (laughs) in his pocket. Yeah, what was he dragging? (laughs) So I did have a lot of problems with that because here's two good wrestlers. I mean, you put them in with more serious guys. Uh, Penta comes across as very exciting. Orange Cassidy can come across as kind of cool. This just to me was like cringy. Like this is what I hate about certain wrestling. This is the kind of stuff where we've talked about this. If Andy had never seen wrestling and maybe years ago he watched it, he came over to visit and I said, Oh, Hey, let's throw on a match. And this came on. I would be almost embarrassed trying to explain to Andy what the hell he was seeing, (laughs) you know, and not being able to actually explain what the hell Andy was seeing. Not for me. Uh, Andy, you want to take this match? All right. Okay. Well, uh, because I love to preface things. Uh, I missed part of this match. So um, after one of the commercial breaks, so I kind of watched mm-hmm. partway through. Uh, the gimmicky stuff at the start, it, I mean, yeah, that's, to me, that's in the same vein for, for our regular listeners. You know, I mean, I'm, like I said, not a fan of the Young Bucks. I'm not a fan of Orange Cassidy. Uh, I just chalk it up as like, that's the shtick. So that's kind of those first kind of few minutes. I'm like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. Where, and I think in our group chat, I even kind of mentioned, because at one point you made your comment, I'm like, I'm not minding it because once they got past the, that initial gimmicky stuff, mm-hmm. Cassie was actually like, they were wrestling, like they were doing stuff. And I mean, I, and I'm a big Penta guy. Like I, I enjoy watching him. I find him entertaining. 
and they were doing stuff and it was like okay this isn't too bad now because it's not getting too gimmicky and then mm-hmm. uh i stepped away and i missed it i think some of the comments were coming through was like oh this is getting ridiculous and so it was probably for the best that i didn't see <laughs> yeah. it yeah um you know for me in the end uh i just wondered you know and this is i guess this is kind of similar to the whole brian cage uh, adam page thing I just didn't expect to see Orange Cassidy win. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether, you know, where I mean, you maybe this, yeah, I mean, if this is going to carry further, all right, cool. Then I get, you know, sure. I just, it was like, really? Like Penta's going to lose to him? Have we had an Orange Cassidy uh, Darby Allen thing ever? Do you guys remember? Mm-hmm. Have we had that? I don't think yet? so. Don't maybe, think that's so. What, maybe that's something they look for in the future. Um, wow, that's something. but uh yeah you know what so for what i saw for maybe two thirds of the match Mm -hmm. i i I didn't mind it for For okay yeah yeah but uh certain aspects of it yeah and orange cassidy going over uh, i've also got a problem with i love the translator dude and i love but i don't love him directly getting involved in the matches like he does going right up to the thing that's fair yeah that's a little too far and I, I don't, I think it ruins him. It ruins kind of the thing. It also is a, it's a bit problematic that he's trying to say funny, cool stuff that makes you laugh when he's supposed to be the villain in that role. You should be hating yeah. the stuff he says, not laughing with it. But then we go back to, well, if AEW doesn't villains? really have heels. Yeah. And <laughs> All right. Uh, what did you but get? You're not, you're not wrong. You're not yeah. wrong. No, no, yeah, we, and that's the problem is AEW does have that fallback escape route. Yeah. Uh, Elio, what did you think yeah, of this? Uh, like I said, I just getting, just getting tired of uh, the Orange Cassidy kicks and uh, hands in his pocket and the, how he does the whole, uh, those uh, arm drags and uh, coming off the ropes, uh, ducking under. And uh, yeah, like you said, I like that Alex guy, but mm-hmm. when, he, when he's taking the mic, he gets like physically involved in the match. Yeah. And then like Orange Cassidy brought him over the ropes. Yes. Yeah. And that's the problem. That, I th- that part, of the I, bother, part bothers me. I think if you were to use him in the sense of let him get on the mic and say something insulting, it distracts the baby face, the baby face, because he's far enough away, the baby face yeah. may have but to But don't jump up him. on the apron and do Yeah, it. don't directly get involved. Because we see, they, it's tough. You remember last week the mic shot. Sorry, yeah, it's tough when they do. It's tough the when you have them doing it like that opposite the hard camera when you yeah. got the ramp there because then basically you are up. Yeah, yeah, I get that too. Yeah. But uh, okay, uh, like I said, uh, th- I got to say th- it was very athletic. There was some interesting stuff in it, but I just couldn't get over how much gimmicky garbage was going on. It was distracting me too much from what I thought could have been a better match, and, and just the fact that he beat him with the superman punch with the uh the spongy part of the microphone <laughs> <laughs> oh microphones in AEW. all right i see when he threw the sunglasses and uh trent missed them and they said nice catch <laughs> yeah i too and i saw that he threw them and i like they're like oh nice catch and it, it made you sound like he actually caught it but when they showed him he was just standing there I'm like i, I well, thought he caught them <laughs> so wait, actually, okay now, that, that, that's right yeah, were they being serious? Or were they being sarcastic? That I like, think they, I think they actually thought he caught it, and they didn't realize. And he, yeah. said he, he just sold it long enough by, yes. by not looking behind him. 
Yes. Yeah. But they went with it and then they didn't bother correcting themselves. I mean, because Alex caught the glove or whatever. He had to dive yeah. for it, but he caught it. Yeah. And then no, yeah, I think was... I think they didn't I think they missed it. You know? It's yeah. like I don't know if you guys noticed that last week. It's like when Tony Shavani and Excalibur and JR were kind of quibbling about something and talking. And uh last week Penta pulled his glove off and then he threw it in uh what's his name's face, right? Well, because they were quibbling and not paying attention. Tony missed the, the thing. Yeah. And all he said was, oh, Penta's throwing something at him. It <laughs> 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 is like, uh, he throws his glove all the time. You didn't get that it was going to be the glove, Tony? Come on, man. He's throwing something at his injured part. <laughs> oh, is it a box-like structure? <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving wait, on. Wait, wait, one yeah. last thing, one last thing. Yes. And, and I, I don't know, because I think in the group chat we talked about this, and I don't know that I got mm-hmm. a clear answer or not. Yes. Why do we question Trent? Why is it <laughs> for the question mark? I question why we question. This shouldn't be a thing, but it's so dumb because now even the announcers got yeah, like, They say to him, they're always like, oh, look, it's Trent. <laughs> they say his name like a question. Like, it's like, I'm Ron Burgundy. But before you ask too long, remember, this is the guy teaming with the dude who keeps his hands in his pockets when he wrestles. Yeah. And no, that's, I just, yeah, it's I, just I just wonder if, if there was like some backstory, something. I wish. I know him from New Japan and a lot of his history, and there's nothing like that. There's just been nothing like that. So they're obviously, hey, it's successful. They've created something stupid that we're talking about every week. So yeah. they're winning. They're, Although they're I'm not going to talk about it every week. It was just, I'm talking about this one time. We, we had I, it last I'm, week too. Did you're okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were on last week. Yeah. Last week, they actually, uh, when he was wrestling, Justin Roberts went, and in this corner, Trent? <laughs> it was like, okay. And even the guys, and now they got the, the commentators like, oh, why do they call him like a question? Oh, why is there yeah. a question mark? And it's just, yeah, who knows? This is the same guys who are involved in like a battle over a minivan. Yeah. It's mom's minivan. Oh. Okay. Next, we move over to a part that I thought was kind of fun, but just still kind of silly dumb. Uh, Britt Baker explaining um it would it uh it would be the same oh i got thrown off there Britt baker explaining how her ratings how she's conquered the ratings thing by playing the game um it was okay it was funny i guess a little witty but ultimately dumb because it gives you the idea that once again without saying it they're telling you how stupid their rating system is yeah because um, if you get a legitimate title shot in a sport, right? Um, if, if me and Andy are like, say, professional boxers, and Andy goes out and beats three guys in the top 10, he has a pretty good ranking. If I still go out and face 300 guys in minor clubs across cities and things, I ain't still going to make it in the top 10. It's never a question of how many people you beat. It's the quality of you beat. Yeah. But she very much is stressing how she went to uh, elevation and dark and just padded up her numbers. And now she's the number one contender. And that makes the system even seem stupider when we've already think the AEW ranking system is pretty stupid. So I'm not sure why they, why people don't think that through when they're doing this stuff. You try to tell us that the system is important, that it means something, but she just undid all of that by how she explained how she became the number one contender. Or is the joke on her that she's not really the number one contender, but in her mind she is? That's, I guess, the only way to save this. Uh, Which I don't think that's the case. I think they're mm-hmm. making her to be the number one contender. Yeah. 
Yeah. And how does that work? You lose in the coolest match that women's match that's been in a while, yet the woman who beat you has disappeared yeah. and you get the next title shot. It's like a reverse blow off. This is bizarre world. <laughs> AEW bizarre world. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and are you guys want to throw anything in about the promo here? Nope. Okay. Uh, Elio? Not yet. No? Okay. Uh, my God. <laughs> Parley. Jeez. Uh, Jared, I want to watch- go watch Pirates of the Caribbean. Talk about parlay. Yeah, no kidding. I said the thing is, it's too bad they're not just emulating the pirates of Somalia. We wouldn't have all this gentlemanly stuff and a lot more people getting their arms cut off. I don't know. My understanding is a parlay is where two sides meet to discuss discuss their uh, battle plans. I didn't Uh, get anything here. There's no discussing of battle plans of parlay. Usually it means a safety between yeah, an accord between two people. Who, no, I, I'm saying that. From that's where, what they said. Yeah, That's the ba- what they said. Yeah. But I'm like, I didn't see none of that here. Well, no, you did actually. You, you saw the one thing that's the battle plan. What's the most important thing? What is the battle plan here, guys? In the, in a war games, what is the battle plan? What's it? Hinges on. Right. It all comes. No, not even strategy. It all comes down to, who's in the cage first who gets the advantage that's what this was about and that's what it was to decide because whoever goes in first has the disadvantage because you have other people or whoever goes in second because then there's going to be a two-on-one at the first time so they say that the pinnacle had the advantage uh going in now uh yes yeah because inner circle will have will have the disadvantage that means they'll have the last person to enter the cage that's what this was supposed to kind of be about but it just really degenerated into each guy's ha- cutting promos on each other. Yeah, that's, that's, what, really that's, that's, exactly that's what confused yeah. me. And I, yeah. I just and I just kind of went to Google because I was I was thinking about like from Pirates of the Caribbean, yep. and then there is what is part well in Pirates of the Caribbean, parlay was um, part of the code of the pirate brethren mm-hmm. that allowed any person to involve temporary protection and brought before the captain to negotiate without being attacked. Yeah. Until the parlay. So that's kind of that. And then what is a parlay in war? refers to a discussion or conference especially one designed to end an argument or hostilities between two groups of people the term can be used in both past and present tense um i mean they were arguing i mean they weren't trying to end anything though they yeah. were just yeah. they were just trying to start shit is what they were trying to do <laughs> well and i mean of course there's literally the french meaning parlay which is just to talk so i think yes. maybe that's just what it was was Hey, we're just going to say in French that we're going to cut promos and we're going to parlay. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to say that because you're Chris Jericho and you know people know the word from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. And it's going to seem cooler. Um, it. I kind of thought that Chris Jericho came out better uh, on this uh, exchange than a lot of people got in on it. I thought he cut down MJF actually pretty effectively. His promos have been great, I would say. What's that? His promos have been great. Yeah, and I think he actually made some really good arguments you know being 25 i earned my way i really thought that was a really good promo um i think you have to make mjf win this thing if his team doesn't win this they're man. they need to they need that definitely i mean the inner circle can afford to lose this uh what do they call pinnacle they can't afford to lose this match so uh like we said it was a back and forth insult to fest um I, mean, I, like, I, will, oh, sorry, oh, no, I thought you were going to cut it off. Keep going, keep going, keep going. I was going to say that I like Sammy Guevara yeah. in yeah. this. He, he was really alive. Um, man, Sean Spears is the ultimate <laughs> kick around boy, isn't he? Even when he tries to be tough, he thoroughly got his ass handed to him. 
speech-wise here in this thing. Once again, this guy just cannot win. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. The, the, what are the two? Ta- what's the tag team called? Uh, uh, F- FTR. FTR. You know? FTR. Boy, they really don't come across as anything in these things lately. They just don't look like anything good. And Santana and Ortiz look good. Yeah. So uh, that's all I'm going to say about this. I found it kind of, it was interesting, but basically it was a fancy way of just having 10 guys cut promos on each other. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was one of those things where rather than having, let's say, the inner circle in the middle of the ring cutting a promo and then Pinnacle comes out onto the ramp and interrupts and they go back and forth. We're just going to bring them all into the ring, skip that part, and then just have them cut the promos with nobody touching each other. Yeah. And Did I it work for you? Did it work for you, Andy? I didn't mind it. Okay. Uh, like you said, Sammy, Sammy was good. Jericho was great. I actually thought MGF did really well, though. I really yeah, I thought he did good, but I still thought he got owned at the end. Yeah, which you know what you give it. I mean, you give it to the more experienced, mm-hmm. the veteran makes sense. Yeah. But the whole spin of uh, yeah, I'm saying thank you because without you, this wouldn't be possible. But just imagine like the weight that must be on your shoulders right now. And I really like that angle of, of the mm-hmm. way he was talking. It wasn't just trash talk. It was like it was psychology. Know, yeah, and that's and that's why I think it was it was so solid. Okay. Okay. And uh, Elio, anything you want to throw in there about? Uh... No, it's about uh, I. Okay. okay. Next, we had this weird thing. So we have Ki- we have uh, Kingston coming mm-hmm. into the ring. We've been told earlier, like they had mentioned offhandedly, that they were going to sing Nakazawa after uh, during after the limo King- promo. During the limo promo, yeah, I missed it out there. Uh, he, they they laughed about it. So uh, Nakazawa sitting in the ring with his computer. <laughs> in his things <laughs> kingston comes out he's pissed at this because he's like i don't want this lackey right so he's trying to call out um omega uh, omega yeah. and nakazawa gets up and attacks him with the computer hits him a few times and uh, omega's out there yeah get him get him get him right and then he takes down nakazawa pretty easy and this part i thought was pretty hilarious he threatens to break now they've always talked about how uh <laughs> Koto Ibushi and Nakazawa are Kenny Omega's best friends, like legit best friends. That's why they're, you know, so they go to break his leg and he's off. No, no, don't do it. Don't do it to him. Right. And then he goes, well, he knew what he was signing on for. You know, he turns the ultimate, you know, <laughs> dress like Ric Flair for the right ladies. There. That's some great heel stuff. Um, <laughs> this part I didn't get is they drag Brian. What's his name? Brandon Cutler. Brandon Cutler. Brandon, Brandon Cutler. Yeah. He, he's all beat up though. And they yeah, throw him up there. That was because Moss threw him out though. Yeah. Oh, okay. See so you what? Know, I, I, I did miss that disconnect because I saw him come up. Then I saw Boxley come up. Yeah, like, yeah. Why did they beat up Cutler? Like, okay. Yeah. So, so then, of course, like you guys said, uh, uh, Moxley comes out and he attacks Omega. They slap him around. Then they hold him down and they're going to break his ankle. And this is where it gets really dumb because they stop this. So long as they're granted a tag team match with the two guys in the ring laid out. Yeah. Why not just, if you hate them so much, just beat them now. But yeah. no, we want a tag team match with them. I, logic went out the window there, but okay. What's that going to uh, do? What's the tag team match supposed to do? Well, not especially since you, the whole yeah. thing is the, you use these tactics to get the heel who's running away. But the two guys are laying there in the ring. You've got them. You don't need to lure them into the thing. Plus, you know, it's not exactly like Moxley's a nice guy or Kingston. Neither of them. They're the ass kickers. So just turn around and kick the ass Mm -hmm. on the two guys. 
Yeah. Uh, for me, this probably, more matches for next week, though. <laughs> well, this would have worked way better is if they kept threatening to break Nakazawa's leg and it forced Kenny to agree to a match next week. That would have made a lot more sense than him, like them just agreeing to wanting to fight the guys they've already beat in the ring laying there. Don't get that. Uh, so, okay. I guess next week we'll get that match. It's pretty cool that Tony Khan sells those matches like less than a minute later. <laughs> right? Like, uh, like one second later, match inside. Yeah. <laughs> you just see it's like, whoa, that just happened. I have a great idea. Let's book this match. <laughs> um, okay, for me, next, next for me was the highlight of the night. I really enjoyed, I, first they start talking to Taz and I'm like, oh. But then Christian comes out and of course I'm like, but then Christian cut the best promo I've heard him do in a very long time. Yeah. I thought this was great. And I thought the stuff he said to Taz was so realistic. It almost looked like Taz wanted to cry a little bit because he was like, he's right. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I just thought this was the best we've seen Christian Cage worked up since he's come in. And I just found it effective. And maybe you guys didn't. Uh, would it, Andy, did you? He was inspired. Okay. That's how it felt. And like you said, there, there's that, that elements of realism and, you know, he's pointing out, what was it talking about how, you know, this, Oh, cause I'm doing the things that you wish you could do and, and whatnot. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I thought it was a solid piece of business by Christian. Yep. One of the best things he's done yet. Okay. All right. Yeah. You too, right, Elio? Yep. I enjoyed this promo. So it was great. Okay. Um, if I had to pick a match of the night, I'm going to lean slightly towards this next match over the, the page cage thing was good. But I think I liked Statlander versus Ford. I was very surprised that Ford, Penelope Ford, actually put up as good of a match as she did. Um, usually I've seen her make so many mistakes and be so sloppy. Uh, did not as much of that in tonight's match. Chris Statlander, she's building some momentum here. She looked good. She's changed her look slightly, and I think it's better. I mean, one of the problems she had is that she had the great athletic body, but she kind of had this plain Jane, almost androgynous look that some guys is, won't get behind women wrestlers that aren't even cute at all. And she kind of had that going before, but now with her hairstyle and the way she does things, mm -hmm. it's almost a cute aspect to it. And it works a little bit better for image wise. So I think it's a little easier to push her as a sympathetic baby face. Uh, I don't get why she's coming out to um, Orange Cassidy's, Orange Cassidy's music. Well, she's part of the best friends. She had her own music too. Uh, I get that he paid a lot of money for that song. That's exactly why. You beat me to it. <laughs> he just needs to play it more to get his money's worth. But yeah. Um, I th like I said, though, very surprised. When, when I saw it was going to be Penelope Ford, I was just like, oh, great. She's just going to be sloppy as crap. And then just, you know, she'll look good doing a split or doing some kind of, because let's face it, Penelope Ford's a very attractive woman. She actually looked different tonight with her hair like that. It worked. <laughs> I thought it was cool. It was like a Mortal Kombat. She looked pretty and tough for a change. Um, but uh, Statlander with the win. And uh, I think she's starting to build momentum. I, 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 I'm looking forward to her making a title run down the road. And she's least credible. Yep. Uh, anyone else on this match? Uh, I enjoyed this match. This was one of the better matches of the night. Okay. Andy? Yeah, I, I agree. It was a, a good showing by both because uh, I'm not too overly familiar with them because I don't yeah. see a lot of them. I haven't seen a lot of them on, on AEW. So uh, it was good to see good representation for the women's division. Um, yeah, we knew Chris Statlander was going to win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just, it, you know, I still don't see the best friends thing. I mean, I, yes. I'm not even trying to figure it out, but I mean, 
I, I with you, brother. I do not understand the connection. Yeah. Uh, have, have, I know like me and uh, Elio, because from before we are big Statlander fans, has she started at all to make an impression on you or she's, you're still not saw enough of her to see her as a potential? Um, I mean, potential as potential woman's yeah. champion or top of card. I don't, uh, how do I want to word this? I can, I can, who did I say this about earlier? Mary said this was earlier. Oh, I said this about Ethan Page. I can see, I can see the seasoning and the experience, the way she carries herself in the ring. That that you know she's got the experience. She knows what she's doing. Uh, looks good overall. She doesn't stand out, blow me away. Mm-hmm. But she's got skill, and I can tell she's legit. Excellent, excellent. Okay. Um, next, guys. On my notes, all I wrote next was nightmare family bullshit. because i'm sorry i just can't get into this ridiculous who who cares feud between a bunch of nobodies facing a bunch of oldies that you know what i mean it's they're not even i love dustin Rhodes, but i don't really want to see him wrestle anymore um maybe occasionally but this whole thing is it's just dumb okay the nightmare family versus the what what's the other team the factory the factory um qt marshall is so damn boring there's nothing you know except and i'm gonna give give credit where it's due andy yes he does look like mvp <laughs> the way he dresses you know he he looks like mvp he oh, should actually MVP. wear the, yeah he should wear that suit that weird swim trunk suit that uh you know where it's all covered up oh on the top yeah, the yeah, arms. yeah yeah he should do it he should do it um but okay the big hairy dude He's big, but he's not that big. He's really not that impressive looking. Um, then there's the idiot walking around just punching people, right? <laughs> and and Billy Gunn, old school wrestling. If there's ever an injury, uh, 1990s back in wrestling, there was taped around yeah. the bottom of your stomach, okay? So he got punched once in the stomach last week, and now he's got a <laughs> taped up stomach. And uh, wow. And then this guy's just walking around punching people left and right in the stomach. And just, it just, uh, there's just so much I don't care that about. That punch looks terrible, by the way. Yeah. And then, I, just, I just wonder from the side aisles, uh, is someone going to have a taped up uh, package after the dick punch? <laughs> a great. <laughs> it's going to be like a big wall. this week. He's going to be a big bulge in his tights next week. <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys, remind me, Andy, after the show to tell you a joke about that. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, uh, it just was a bunch of crap. I was really having a hard time following this. Uh, it was even, it was as boring as a, a commercial and commercial thing. I, I just, just was zoning out. Right. Um, it ends with, and this is where logic was. Okay. So QT just leaves the ring. He's wandering off to the parking lot, <laughs> not to anywhere else to the dressing room. He's wandering to the parking lot all days and blah, blah. And like 15 feet away, you can see Cody Rhodes, Standing inside the bus waiting. Apparently QT can. Apparently, I don't know, he got hit in the head or something because he's walking straight towards it, but he doesn't see Cody. Opens the door and is genuinely surprised when Cody kicks him in the, st- <laughs> the stomach and comes out and starts beating on him. Okay? Now, Cody's funny because he takes off his jacket but rips his shirt. Okay. That's pretty funny. It's kind of cold out there. I guess you got to be the macho man. Rip that shirt off. Uh, <laughs> it's it's They fight on top of of the the bus okay there's a bus out there and for some stupid reason 
Aubrey Edwards climbs up the bus after them. I would be like, sorry, guys, I don't get paid that much to go hang out on top of a bus and almost die. <laughs> and then to show how tough and serious this is, Cody puts the figure four on a man on top of a bus. I'm sure your dad would be super proud <laughs> if he was watching this. But then again, he booked a lot of crazy shit because he was the booker and he did it. Um, once again, this all boils down to one really important question that you got to ask yourself. Who the fuck cares? It's Cody and his stupid group of people and nobody cares. There's no stars here besides Cody. And even then, Cody's like kind of undone his welcome, has he not? So, guys, you know what, Andy, tell me, is there something you loved about this? Because I, I sure didn't. Uh, you know what, it's, I, mean, I, I actually can. And it's funny because I, for all the positives I want to spin on this, everything, I mean, I can't really disagree here. <laughs> go against too much of what you said okay i i i will i have been a, a fan of the qt heel turn uh you know what and just something about with this with this faction it did this guys that i'm not that i'm not familiar with they all have to me they all have good looks in their own way i don't mind it uh i will say when they was there anything now because i i mean i, I kind of i didn't do our show i think the last week and I kind of skimmed through. Did they steal the bus? Was that actually like a thing that they stole the bus? I was confused about that too. Why they had Cody's bus? Okay, because the bus pulled up, and then it's like like nightmare. And I mean, my, like the first thing I'm thinking is like, oh, they must have got like the old Lex Express bus. And and then like these guys came out. And I'm like, wait, and it, just because I, you know, I'm mm-hmm. in my head, I'm kind of put together. I'm like, no, wait a second. These aren't the nightmare because they, they broke up and they're the factory guys. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. So somehow they stole the bus. Okay, that that's heelish stealing a bus, uh, whatever. So <laughs> yeah, stealing the, a the bus match. The match. I actually didn't mind the match because it was a bit of a slower old school match, and you know it was designed to get to help get the heels over. Mm-hmm. And I got that. And I was, I mean, you know, we can pick apart stuff, but um, overall fine what's his name doing the punch to help qt get the win okay cool um the stuff afterwards yeah i you know i it was the same thing it's like okay wait where's qt going what i'm sorry what i what i kind of found funny no what i found funny at first was what you said was that you could see cody from 15 feet away we could all see it except for qt um maybe this is like like a horror movie thing where it's like you can you know you see jason or freddie standing there and you know that they're just waiting for the guy to come to make the kill um but it was also like it's like cody's back cody's i'm like cody was gone yeah <laughs> for two weeks <laughs> yeah you know you know it's not like, really gone <laughs> no so that part threw me off and then i think because i was we were mess if we were messaging in the group chat or something and then all of a sudden they were on top of the, bu- how did they get on top of the bus? Uh, QT went around the back for some reason. And was he climbing up the ladder on the back? He escaped. He tried to escape Cody by climbing up the ladder, okay. which was really okay. stupid. Yes. But <laughs> he's trying to get the higher, you know, he's trying to get the higher ground. It backfired on him. Cause I remember I kind of like looked up and I'm like, Whoa, this escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. That's, you were, and you meant escalated as in the fact they were on a bus. <laughs> but yeah. And then it's like, I, I'm almost like his didn't last year didn't Edge and Orton fight on top of the bus or no they fought on top of no they fought on top of the trailer the semi trailer when they had like their big yeah, long yeah. falls kind of anywhere yeah you know what I'm talking about right yep. they had the trailer and they were fighting on top of that so that's actually what I 
was okay. thinking of. And I'm like, so before the figure four, I'm like, is somebody going to get thrown off the bus? Like, yeah, I was actually I, waiting for that too, or through the bus. To me, it would have been, yeah, like, yeah, like something like that to me would have been something, but like the figure four on the <laughs> wait, what? What? And why so, the hell did Avi Edwards climb up after them? Yeah, I, <laughs> I. And you're right. One of the big problems too is, okay, as QT's wandering off, because it's so ridiculous, you know he's going to either classically back into somebody, probably Cody Rhodes, or someone's waiting for him. There's no way you're doing that without some kind of attack happening. It's just too it's there where you know if you hop into the getaway car or whatever. But I mean, in this case, it happens to be a bus, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, you can see, you know like whenever WWE does it and someone's running away, it's very rare that you know you always you don't see in the vehicle mm-hmm. whether it's a limo or a car or a bus, you don't see the guy yeah. there. Which is it'd be one of those things where if he you know like he'd open the door, stepped in. And then all of a sudden you see him kind of flying out, almost kind of like uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes. You see Jazz kind of fly out. That to me, you know, I mean, and they could have filmed that where you could have seen him going out the bus. You don't actually see him taking the bump. So they could have had a pad there, have him take the bump. And then the next shot, you see him, he's like lying on the ground. But yeah, the the match itself, Mm -hmm. not too bad. And I, and I get it, but uh, yeah, it was a bit of a reach with all the other stuff. Now, I really honestly believe that they tried to hide Cody and that they didn't actually mean to show him the way it came up because it almost looked like he was trying to lean against the thing so he wasn't really in the shot, but he was, you know? I have the feeling they actually thought it would be a surprise that we wouldn't see it. The door would, he would walk in, boom, 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 QT falls out or gets the kick as he opens the thing. Yeah. but I, the, the reason, okay, I get the fact you like the slowdown of the thing, but I honestly think, Andy, if any wrestling fan who didn't know real, you're somebody who loves wrestling, but you've never seen AEW, you turn it on and you're watching the show, maybe you don't have sound, so nobody's explaining things, right? Yeah, yeah. I think when you got to that match, your first thought is, oh, these must be the students, because that's how these guys look, right? I mean, yeah. the, the young guys, they look like nondescript students. Even the big guy who isn't really that big looks like a hairy indie student. And the other guy, there's nothing. You could put that guy in front of me right now with five other guys who look nothing alike, and I could still not pick out and tell you which one that guy was. It's just already gone. You know what, though? I, the, only, the only thing I'm just going to yeah. interject, the only thing I disagree or that mm-hmm. I will disagree on that mm-hmm. is, but amongst the AEW roster, he does. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I that's, guess that's, that's, a, that's the Luchasaurus thing, right? It was like, oh, yeah, yeah Luchasaurus must be 6'9". No, he's 6'4". Yeah. The okay, le- I, I get that. Everybody else is. Yeah. But, but otherwise, you know what? I, I, I don't disagree with you. And and it used to annoy me back in the day, WCW. Remember, they used to sometimes put on some people from the – what was their wrestling school? Power Plant. Power Plant. The power Plant. They have a Power Plant matches, remember? And you'd always rem- – you'd always can tell, oh, yeah. that's the students. That's yeah. the feeling I got from this is like, oh, there's some teachers and students here. Yeah. You know, yeah. so for me, that makes this a really hard sell for this whole feud. I'm I, I'm really struggling to, to like, you know, see that. Um, but you know, I I guess it marks the return of Cody Rhodes, right? And is that a good thing? Well, <laughs> did he leave? And he's right. Did he actually leave? So yeah, how long was he gone? Two weeks. Yeah, maybe two weeks. So so he's already back. 
Yeah, I mean, well, at least he had the decency. At least we didn't see Matt Hardy this week. Hey, yeah, we didn't see Matt Hardy this yeah, week. That's a nice change. That's a good change. That's a nice change. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about before we go to the next match is uh, we saw this graphic where they're promoting John Moxley facing Yuji Nagato, and they're making a big stink about it. And folks, I got to tell you, for those of you who's unfamiliar with New Japan wrestling, me and Elio have watched a lot of New Japan wrestling. And yeah, Yuji Nagata, he is a top flight star 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Uh, and I was saying him being pushed against Moxley would be like if you were a Japanese consumer and you were told, we're bringing in Dustin Rhodes to fight Okada. Well, that's definitely not guys on two different levels. Nagata is no longer on that top level. Moxley's at his peak. Uh so it's it's the the bait and switch here, guys. You know they're trying to make it sound like they're selling you something really. Is, good. It, is there something here, or uh, did they just pick Nagata? They of... I don't know. Uh, I have no idea why Nagata. I don't even know why Nagata because he's. You could pick any amount of young guys off the roster. I mean, not even young guys, but like bigger stars. There there could be at least a dozen people who could give Moxley a good match. I don't think Nagata's the guy. He's just a little too old right now, and he's not on the level anymore. You know, it's like if you put Dustin Rhodes with uh, with Okada, Okada's gonna probably wipe the mat with him because Dustin's an older dude. He can put in some stuff, but he's not on the level he was. So for me, this was kind of a bit of a cop out weird thing. Next, I you know I said how much I liked Christian uh, Cage, but I gotta give props to Miro beating the hell out of uh, Kip Sabian, <laughs> including yeah, I want to know how they did the door thing because they didn't fake that. And that's got to hurt getting your hand slammed or your arm slammed into the door. I don't know what they did to do that, but oh. it was great. And I mean, even I got the punch, the, the, the punch, obviously he punched behind Miro, but it looked great. Like he punched Miro in the head. Yep. Yeah. Or sorry. He, he punched, punched Kip, Kip in the head. head. Yep. Yeah. Um, it came across as so cool. And even though it was dumb and I laugh about it, I love the, I forgive you thing. <laughs> All right. yeah, apparently Miro is full blown psycho now. <laughs> and he looked awesome. First thing, you'll yes. slap your arm at the door and they're not going to forgive you. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's like, shh, it's okay. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. Shh. Oh, dude. It's like, uh, what was that movie? What was that show of Mice and Men? Yeah. Where Lenny's holding the girl, the dead girl. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> now we come to. Um, and I'm trying, guys. I'm not saying this because I'm not the biggest fan of his of his matches. Uh, Darby Allen can be exciting at times, but man, Darby Allen in ten, there is nothing of excitement. Even the build up here, there is no. There are different factions that have no problems with each other, so there's no extra heat here. Um, I don't understand why ten, who we've not seen even on Dynamite gets a title shot against the face of the company. Um, and I found this a very vanilla, bland, boring match. There wasn't a lot of it that, there wasn't anything that really got me excited. And then we get the course, the, the end stuff. You know, there's, we had Ethan Page trying to do some stuff. Uh, you know, he runs uh, Darby into the thing. Um, at the end, it just came off a little flat for me. Um, it, it was not, there wasn't even enough high enough work rate to make me feel like, whoa, you know, sometimes you, when you put like face against face, right, uh, what sells it is the high work rate. At the end, you go, wow, those two guys really put on a job and that dude really won, okay? That didn't even happen here. 
it wasn't that much of an athletic uh, thing. They did a few things, and that ending isn't that the the old Bret Hart beating uh, Roddy Piper. Piper thing? Yeah. yeah, I saw that, and I looked at my wife, and I said, "Oh God, they used the the, the Bret Hart finish." And she's like, "What do you mean?" And so I explained what he was doing, and she's like, "Oh," and I said, "Yeah, why would you?" Uh, it's not good to come back and replicate something from a major match when this is just a minor TV match. So uh, Darby gets the win. Uh, life goes on. <laughs> that That's kind of how this match felt. Uh, Andy? Um, are we going to talk about the, the post-match stuff after? Yeah. Still? You, yeah. yeah. Okay. Are you going to, no, touch it all. You know what? Okay. You, you, you told it all. Okay. Uh, the match, you know what? Yeah. I'll probably give it a bit more of a rating than, than you. I mean, you know, I mean, to me, it was more of a standard match, which I was okay with. Uh, I didn't mind it. I actually thought for what it was worth, uh, 10 gave a decent showing. I mean, we don't want to get to see a lot of him. I know Elliot, was he on dark quite a bit? Um, I, I know the dark order are on dark quite a, quite okay. a bit. I mean, because I don't really get to see too much. I think there's been the odd tag match he's been in, but I haven't really seen any singles. Yeah, because they're usually on the dark. Yeah, so I, I didn't mind this. Uh, I will say when Ethan Page came up for the interference, uh, I did have a small glimmer of hope that's like, oh, wow, maybe he's actually going to drop the title. And this would be like some, you know, to start some sort of dark order thing. Uh whatever but um unfortunately that wasn't the case so that's fine the post-match so what we saw what did we see with the post-match um scorpio sky comes in actually so wait we have the the dark order whatever they do the little brody thing the tribute to brody and um darby holds up the the wristband or whatever so that was nice they leave and then i don't know where scorpio sky comes and clips sting and they start to beat down there. So then we kind of had that going on. Um, we had the kind of beat down with Scorpio and Ethan Page with Darby and Sting. And then Lance Archer comes in, makes the save. And that's kind of how we we end. So that's uh, earlier in the episode, or sorry, earlier in our show, when I was talking about uh, Ethan Page and a leader delete, this to me where Tom makes the point, it's like, well, you probably could have put anybody in there. True, but to see these guys the first thing that came to my mind was oh this is fresh this is different so that's why i'm kind of like you know what if, if they're going to run a, a tag spot here with uh, the four of these guys then for everything we talk about darby getting the rub from sting hopefully there'll be something here unless the only thing i'm wondering is like do they play off of like oh you know sting's knees injured he can't wrestle so does Darby go handicap or do they bring in somebody else? So that's where I'm kind of, that's where I'm at, but I'm okay with, with seeing if, if that's what they're going to do is kind of put these four together. Sorry, techno problems. Over a sec. There you go. Uh, so you see a potential in this, but overall the match itself, like the whole night, I just, was it me just feeling this was a super flat main event? I, I don't know about, I mean, it was, it was okay, but it, it's, you know, like, like we said, you know, you kind of said there, there, there wasn't, there wasn't really any sort of build. And, it, and, it, and it's tough because when you do these kind of matches with the challenge, you throw competitors in there, uh, you know, it can kind of go either way. And unfortunately, maybe, maybe because, because it's 10 and he doesn't really have a lot of steam behind. I mean, despite whatever his, his record is, I mean, if that's, yeah, whatever. It, <laughs> yeah. 
I don't like that either. This whole keep telling us guys are so high rated and you're like, oh, come on. We forgot to mention Orange Cassidy is the number two rated guy in the, in the heavyweight yeah. division. Like what? How? How? <laughs> because you beat a bunch of nobodies? This is not a good rating system. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I just, after, you know, having such a kind of exciting match last week, uh, I just felt this was a very flat main event for me. Uh, Elio, did you get much out of this match? For me, it was just uh, just okay standard match. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah. Okay, well, so let's get to the, the meat of the matter today, boys. It's time for our report card on this week's uh, AEW. I'm going to start with Elio. Elio, it wasn't how do you a, want to rate this one? It wasn't a bad show. Um, it was uh, it was fun, and mm-hmm. some of it was fun. I'm going to go with a B. A B? Okay. Oh. All right, uh, Andy? Uh, Elio, you may have swayed my my choice here. <laughs> um, uh, you know what? I Overall, I, I didn't mind the show. It wasn't a standout, like, wicked, wow, this blew me away. Um, I was kind of waffling between a B minus and a C plus. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll go a B minus. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, guys, yeah, I, I've been waffling between a C plus and a B minus. And uh, there are parts that annoyed me, parts that were exciting. Um, I'm going to go with you guys. I see your points too. Sometimes I can be a little more uh, overly critical. I'll go with a B minus. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. So guys, uh, thank you. There's another fun look at this week's AEW Dynamite. Uh, folks, tune in soon, we said. Uh, next week we'll uh, be back here uh, bitching and a griping and hopefully finding some stuff uh, fun. About and all the blood and guts. Oh, yeah. It's all... Now here's the thing too. There's been debate I'm reading all over the place. Some people are saying blood and guts is only one match while other people saying no, it's not one match. JR said it was one match yeah. for the whole night, but then some other. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Matches. I'm pretty sure they said it was one match and said they seal cage. Right, and it's next week, right? Yeah. Yet they yeah. also advertised Moxley versus Nagata next week, and yeah. they also advertised. Uh, no, is that is that on May twelfth? Was it May twelfth? That's May twelfth. I'm pretty sure yeah. there was something they advertised for next week. There was something. Week. Yeah. One of the matches. Uh, maybe it was the tag thing. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they did a few matches. They announced for. They next did a few week. for next week and a few for two weeks from now. Okay. Which doesn't make like I mean, uh, like <laughs> oh, uh, whatever. I think to be honest, guys, that's a big hard sell. I don't know if I want to watch one match for two hours. No, it's no, good. I think there's gonna be other matches. No, but that they've been advertising. Some people have been saying it's only one match for the entire show, while others have been because last week Jr. said that the one ma- that this match would be the only match in the entire show, but then mm-hmm. other people have said it's not. So did he just slip up? I think he slipped up because I seem to remember yeah. like like when Ellie was talking, I think there was like one or two other matches that were advertised yeah. for next week, but then a few more that were advertised for two yeah. now, but it's... I, 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 which is good because I could not sit and watch two hours of the one match. I mean, ugh. so, okay, we're going to let you guys go. We've had a great time tonight. Uh, Andy, thanks for always. Pleasure. Uh, Elio, thanks again. And uh, folks, we will see you next week. And... Uh, Have a great night, and uh, I don't know, keep watching wrestling.